Welcome to On Texas Football. It's roundup time with uh, Justin Wells of InsideTexas.com. Uh, how you doing today, Justin? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, Bobby. Kind of, kind of. Are high. you still? I see the Cowboys shirt. Are you? Are you? Uh, you have some tears there. <laughs> oh, there's always tears. If I mean, if it's the end of a football season and you're a Cowboys fan, it there's tears. It's been that I've, way for 27 consecutive years. I've got to say, I've got to say this uh, about talking about uh, the final four teams. I guess now in the NFL, three of them with Big 12 quarterbacks uh, in quite the quite impressive fashion: Brock Purdy. Pat Mahomes, uh, obviously, and then Jalen Hurts leading the Eagles right now. Jer- uh, Bobby, all four played Texas in the last three years, last four oh. years. <laughs> That's awesome. I wanted to look up their numbers, but I think they're like a combined six and four against Texas. Gotcha. All right, I want to say thank you to uh, Laura Baker. She's our sponsor for the roundup. Uh, Laura is uh, a Austin realtor, uh, and she is – accomplished and terrific and a big fan of the Longhorns as well as we are of her and uh, her work with us. Uh, Laura and the Andy Allen team over at Keller Williams can handle all of your real estate needs in and around the Austin area. So if you're moving to town or buying within Austin, uh, Laura is your source. Laura is not only a diehard Longhorn fan, but also a longtime Austin real estate expert. Uh, Justin, you mentioned all those guys that Texas has played and uh, they've had a big recruiting a recruiting weekend that you were on hand for trying to recruit some of those guys, uh, type of guys that they that might end up playing in the NFL like that. Uh, this past weekend, uh, you were down in Austin uh, trying to figure out, you know, what was going on with Junior Day. What was your major takeaway from that? Major takeaway was the star power for one. You know, every year we get asked, you know, how, how how's this junior day compared to years of past? It becomes kind of a popular subject, and it's fun to go down memory lane a little bit. I can remember 06 coming off the national championship, Sergio Kendall, Eddie Jones. That was that was kind of the beginning of the junior days. You know, Mac Brown really coined that, to be honest. Um, this year, it was funny. Talked to one of the running backs, and he said that Coach Choice brought all the tailbacks in when they did position meetings and said – we have the number one and number two running backs in 2024. We have the number one and number two running backs in 2025. And we have a top two running back in 2026, all in this room. And he just wanted to let those, let those guys know he meant business. And so I think it was one. It was just a star-studded event for the most part. There were some big names that didn't come, but things happened like that. The fact that Micah Hudson, who was who intended to come the entire time, we reported that uh, a week and a half ago, um, decided to, to change plans the last minute. He made it back in as well. And the weather, I mean, the environment and atmosphere probably couldn't have been any better. Just a perfect blue sky with sun with a little bit of chill in the air. And the guys, that the young men, the prospects, they you can tell Texas staff has streamlined this event compared to the last couple of them. It seemed like the first one was kind of a scurry. Uh, you know, kind of getting as much done as possible. The second one was a little bit more organized. They had some more of the facility finished. This time, it's all done. You know, the, the presents are all unwrapped and, and everything's nice and shiny and new. I think they got it streamlined. And, and, and ultimately, Kyle Flood brought in more large humans. <laughs> he was in a very impressive linebacker uh, class that was also uh, compared to the running back position on, on campus as well. Um, 
a lot of out of state kids, which you love to see because Texas is will go big ha- will go big game hunting out of state all what? the way from California to the East Coast. Bobby, overall, it was just a, it was a really good event. We saw what 40, 50 players. They all, you know, most of them had the nicest things to say about the staff. And so my overall take was another year, another junior day, and another solid foundation for the staff to move forward in this cycle. Um, you talk about all those defensive linemen. I think eight of them were in town. Uh, excuse me. Eight of the defensive linemen on campus yesterday for the class of 2024. I say yesterday, Saturday, excuse me, were on campus. Eight of them have been offered. Only one was in state, Alex January out of Dunkville. The rest were all out of state from, uh, you know, Georgia, Louisiana, Alabama, Florida. I mean, it was it was crazy. Baltimore from Florida. Yeah. yeah, it was crazy to see all that. Then obviously a couple of big name uh, defensive backs there as well. Hey, Justin, uh, talk to me a little bit about you, you had not only did you see the guys going in, you also did some exit interviews on the way out. Uh Nate, tell us some, tell folks some, a couple guys you thought Texas really did well with over the weekend. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time the roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Great question. Um, I'll start with Alex January, defensive lineman out of Duncanville. Uh, 6'5", about 315, 320, just 16 years old. He's a two-year starter on the on the Duncanville defensive line. Um, you know, he's a kid that his father, Michael January, played linebacker w- w- with the Horns at one time. So he's grown up in a Longhorn family. Uh, he's been to games his whole life. He's been to Austin his whole life. But this was his very first recruiting experience with Texas. And, you know, he just left Georgia, a Georgia unofficial visit, you know, a few days before. And, you know, going back to back how, you know, the vibe in Athens right now has to be absolutely bonkers. Even with that onslaught from the Bulldogs, January, I think, left Austin and he left today. They stayed over him and his family stayed overnight. I think he left Austin a, a leader as Texas is his leader. Um, I was I was fortunate enough to catch up with him yesterday, last night. Uh, we talked on the phone for a while. Uh, you'll see that posted on Inside Texas later today. Um, but he's a guy that I, I could see getting in the boat relatively early. I think he's got, you know, he's got a, a we posted yesterday. I, I did yesterday morning his visit list. He still has USC, TCU, Miami, uh, Alabama wants to get him on campus. LSU wants to get him on campus. He wants to go through the, the process, but I don't see him as a kid that takes five or six official visits. I don't see him as a kid that stretches it out throughout the season. I think there's something that may happen before the summertime because I think Bo Davis has done a tremendous job with, with, with building the foundation. And in and, and those position meetings, every player talked about that. That, that, that method really hit home because the kids could ask questions and, and they had other players in there. And so I think Alex January, he didn't get to see his former teammate Cam Williams. He's a little disappointed he didn't get to see Cam. I think Cam came home for the weekend, but he did hang out with Connor Stroh. Stroh had nothing but nice things to say. You know, he's been there early, an early enrollee. They've been there for almost two weeks now. I, I like where Texas stands. January has a bro- older brother, 
that attends Texas. He's a freshman there. So there's also that familiarity. And, I, and, you know, I got to catch up with his father last night as well. And I get the sense, you know, the dad doesn't mind where he goes. But if both of his sons are attending the same school, that's his alma mater. I tend to think that just goes over really well in that household. So I love where, I love where they where they stand with Alex January. Uh, Kobe Black. This was one that, you know, I went to see Kobe Black play basketball three weeks ago and get kind of a, a, a rundown of a recap of his recruitment. And Texas wasn't really one of the top schools. He was talking about Texas A&M and TCU and LSU and a little bit of Bama and a little bit of Oregon. He just wasn't Texas. He was feeling them, but he just didn't really mention much. Caught up with him again last week, and I said, you know what you know, what are your plans this weekend? He's man, I don't know where I'm going to go. Well, Friday morning, he hits me up bright and early. I'm coming to Texas tomorrow, just letting you know. And it was good because when, when, when he – he needs to be a priority. And I think he is, Bobby. And, and this is something I think the staff did a good job asserting themselves back in that conversation. You know, he dropped like a top six, top seven list. I want to say about a month or month or so ago. Texas was in it. But just by speaking with him, I just didn't get the feeling that they were, you know, that high up. It's talking to him yesterday afternoon. And then I also caught up with his father yesterday afternoon. Texas made a move with this guy. They are pushing the right buttons with Kobe Black right now. It's still wide open. I expect him to go see Texas A&M next weekend. TCU probably the following weekend. He might go see Alabama uh, in, in March. Uh, he's he's going to enjoy the process. He's the number two on three consensus number two corner in the country. But I think Texas needed to assert themselves back in that early conversation. And, and the final point on Black, I asked him, when you go back to Connolly, his teammate and Texas signee Jelani McDonald's there. I said, what are you going to tell Jelani about your trip when you go back? And he said, I'm going to look at him and tell him you made the right decision. And I thought that was a real a good staple on, on how that, that, that recruitment, uh, you know, that, that weekend went with him. And then, you know, the large humans, Ori Williams, Barrett Warren, uh, Bennett Warren, um, I know I'm missing some of them. There was a Michael bunch of Uni. Michael Uni, Blake Frazier. And Blake's not even as big as some of those other dudes. Uh, DeAndre Carter, who I, I thought was a really good kid as well. Um, I thought that was – I thought – I asked him, you know, Coach Flood has – you know, he's been real good on the large human thing. I'm, I'm not just that, but just getting big-time offensive prospects, offensive line guys. That's the first two classes. Do you kind of get a sense he has a type? And he's the, all of them would tell us the same thing, especially Ori Williams. He said, yeah, he always reminds us he prefers his humans to be large. And, and those are some of the biggest and best, not only in the state, but in the country. DeAndre Carter out from modern day in California asked him, what are you going to ask uh, Spencer Shannon? He's a teammate that signed with Texas back in December about your trip. And he's like, man, I, I got I'm going to tell him I want to come back. And then you have DeAndre Robinson, uh, another kid from down in Orlando. I think he got to hang out with Peyton Kirkland uh, this weekend. And so you got some Florida familiarity there. Uh, Nair Daniels, uh, teammate of Sadir Mitchell uh, from New Jersey. I believe he stayed the night and, and he did that as well. And then at the end, I think the big piece was Micah Hudson coming back. Micah hadn't been back in a while. I went and saw him about a week or so ago, uh, play basketball. Ultimately, no wide receiver coach right now doesn't bother him. Micah is a really sharp kid, and I think he sees a big picture at a very mature and young age. And he realizes, and he's mentioned this, the fact that Arch Manning could be he could be catching the ball from Arch matters to him. It's not going to be the end all in his recruitment decision, but it's a data point. 
the proximity to his family. And, and then ultimately, Sark has kind of taken the reins of that recruitment. And when you've got your head coaches virtually the primary contact there, that's a big, I think that's a big thing. Not only that, and I'm not knocking what Brennan Marion did with Hudson, but talking to Micah, he basically said, you know, it, he didn't feel like it was that big a deal when, when, when he left. And so, and I thought that boded really well for Texas. And so uh, to just give you an idea, uh, you know, like I said, a ton of kids coming in and out. That, those are probably the most telling storylines that, that that were there. Blake Frazier getting an offer finally from Austin Vandergriff. I still think Texas is probably lagging behind in that recruitment. His dad, Steve, played offensive line at Michigan from 1995 to 1999. I met his father. That's a Michigan man. So I, I think Blake, he, he he was grateful for the Texas offer, but at the same time, I felt like he was probably leaning more towards, I think Michigan's still the team to beat there. Peyton Pierce and Justin Williams, probably the two best linebackers in the state, were both there. And they got to kind of cross paths and hang out with each other a little bit. I mean, Bobby, I, I got a list of guys. I mean, there was a lot of good takeaways there, but off the top of my head, those are the ones I would, pro- I think are probably the most important. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Tell you what, let's, uh, let's switch uh, channels or switch time here a little bit and uh, switch to a different subject, I guess, is the best way to put it. Um, Texas, and you mentioned this just now, does not have a receivers coach yet. Although the Jacksonville Jaguars did lose on Saturday to the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, the Jaguars coach, Chris Jackson, we believe uh, the odds-on favorite uh, to land the job for the Longhorns. Uh, we have yet to hear confirmation that it's a 100% done deal or anything like that, so it's just conjecture at this point. Uh, but did that have any role in what the receivers you talked to uh, thought about Texas, or was it because Steve Sarkeesian has developed this one-on-one relationship that it that the receivers coach didn't necessarily mean as much with those guys? It, it didn't mean. I asked every single one that that I spoke with Bobby, and it didn't mean much of. They they basically said the coaches told them, "Look, we're going to have a guy, you know, pretty soon, and this isn't something you want to worry about." And they even hinted at this is going to be a guy that 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 you're going to really respect, and he's going to do a great thing. I also think each one is an individual, their own story. Taz Williams, an up and coming wide receiver out of Red Oak, they have some serious talent. Red Oak coming up, Bobby, he is definitely one of them. Wide out. I asked him about it. He said, you know, I wasn't worried that they don't have a wide receiver coach. I'm 2025. The only thing he worried about was he missed Jonte. Jonte actually had to come back home this weekend to, to, to film a video for his Dallas Morning News Award Offensive Player of the, Player of the Year. So <laughs> one wide receiver prospect wasn't really flustered by the fact there wasn't a wide receiver coach. He was disappointed he didn't get to meet Jonte and see him. <laughs> and so I think that just talking to those guys – with Micah Hudson, especially, you know, the fact that Sark's kind of shifted to primary, I actually think helps Texas in that in the long run. They were already looking good with Texas Tech and with Ohio State. But the fact that Sark has kind of taken over that primary role, 
I really think that may be the way to go with Micah Hudson's recruitment. And, and you've mentioned this before. You and I have talked to when head coaches become primary, when head coaches really get in, dig their heels into a recruit and get involved. Sark, we saw Sark do that late in the cycle with an Anthony Hill Jr. We saw the same thing with, with a Jelani McDonald. I think in the end of the day, that that tells the player how important they really feel. They, you can tell them all you want, but when the head coach is the one that's calling and texting you and checking on you, that really resonates with these kids. Speaking with uh, Justin Wells of InsideTexas.com. Uh, Justin, just a couple more questions here. Uh, I want to say thank you to our sponsor one more time. Uh, that's Laura Baker. The Roundup is brought to you by accomplished Austin realtor, Laura Baker. Laura and the Andy Allen team at Keller Williams can handle all of your real estate needs in the Austin area. Laura is not only a diehard Longhorn fan, but a longtime Austin real estate expert. Thank you uh, for your support, Laura. I, Justin, we talk about uh, the receivers coach. Another thing happened on Friday, and that's Adonai Mitchell. Uh, I know you saw some players around campus yesterday that are actually already playing for the Longhorns. I saw the, the video got leaked of Arch Manning throwing a pass with the Quinn Ewers being the center, basically, and tossing the ball to DeAndre Moore, the receiver. Um, what are you hearing about, you know, behind the scenes about Adonai Mitchell joining the Longhorns? I think the big thing with Mr. Mitchell was it didn't take very long. It almost felt like, you know, that as soon as he got to Austin, he he knew he was home. And I think he, he, he kind of wanted he, he wanted that confirmation. You know, we, we had reported, we knew that there was a chance he was going to see Ole Miss. There was a chance that USC was was in the mix and that he could possibly go out there. I think Sark felt like we can't let this kid leave campus. You can't let him. And they made sure he enrolled before before anything was done. And so I think, the, you know, you know, I spoke to a couple uh, sources close to the program. Uh, they love Mitchell coming in because I think a lot of them feel like he – there's a there's a there's a sec there's a side that really feels like Isaiah Nayor is going to come back and be healthy and and if you've seen some of his stuff on Instagram lately he looks great and, and you you hope that that he he continues to heal because he could be so valuable he was such a missing piece from 2022 the fact that you get an 80 Mitchell in and Nayor getting healthy it's a backup of a backup plan, essentially. Not, not that either one of them are even a backup, but you know what I mean. It's protecting yourself. It's, it's protecting the roster investment. It's making sure if this guy goes down, we have a guy here. If we have to move Jordan Whittington inside and Xavier Whittington inside, we've got two outside guys that can do this on a four wide. I think it just gives them the, – the main gist I got from, from a couple sources was it makes the team more versatile. It makes them more dynamic and it makes them deeper. The key word there from what I was told, this is a deeper wide receiver room. And since you and I discussed this before, it's been when they arrived, they knew that that was the room they had to fix. And, Bobby, they are getting close. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Last year it was too deep, like as in two people deep. I know. Um, because Brennan Thompson and Savion Red just weren't ready, uh, not at that level. Casey Kane had a mediocre middle part of the year before coming on. Uh, at the game against Washington. And really, uh, other than Jordan Whittington and Xavier Worthy, it was just, uh, it was hit or miss all year long. So the fact that they think they might have four guys now ready to go, plus you've got another year of uh, uh, seasoning, uh, so to speak, on Brennan Thompson, Savion Red. You have somebody like Jonte Cook, 
Ryan Niblett and uh, DeAndre Moore coming in. Uh, All of a sudden, it starts to look like, to your point, it starts to look like it's supposed to look like if you want to be a high-powered, high-octane, all-gas, no-breaks offense, right? Um, So, anyways, all right. Makes your five-star quarterbacks really happy. Yeah. (laughs) They hang around. That's probably part of it, too. All right, Justin, I appreciate it, man. You have anything else you want to add today? Uh, no, just just please uh, to all of our follow thank, all the the followers and members. Hey, come hang out with us at InsideTexas.com. This is we've got so much Junior Day stuff coming out this week. I mean, tons of stuff for myself, Jerry Hamilton, Joe Cook, Eric Nolene will put out some stuff. Uh, we've got so much recap. Go check it out now. Refresh it. Just come see us. Come hang out with us. Give us a shot. I got one last note, and this is I'm stealing this from you, and I was. Surprised you didn't use it in the opening because I tried to set you up. Those three Big 12 quarterbacks that are in the final four of uh, pro football, all of them, every single one of them, younger than Stetson Bennett, the quarterback at Georgia. <laughs> Thanks to you for that note, Justin Will. All right. Yeah, well, Justin, I, I, I'm Bobby I, I forgot about that note. <laughs> this has been uh, the Roundup on Texas football.